Thank you for tuning in. This is our podcast, Healthy Families First, and I'm your podcast host, Dr. Raquel Leah. You can visit our blogger, TexasHealthyFamiliesFirst.blogspot.com, or stop through our website at learn-edu.org for resources, tips, legislation changes and updates, sponsorship, and membership. We are listeners supported by members like you, and we've heard your requests. So, we have four advocacy goals. America's future legislatory processes in family court, generational kinship and communication between parents and child, economic and educational freedom, and effective justice for parents. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get started. Thank you for tuning in. This is Healthy Families First, and I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. This show is sponsored by Charles Etta and Charles Bowley, Cybersecurity Consultants and Services at O-N-I-A-P-P-L-E.com, where cybersecurity response teams are at your service with ethical hacking, training, and awareness programs and systems. <sighs> okay. <laughs> we got that out of the way, so... I am just really excited about the show. It, this is my, this is our, there's no me and my, there's our and we. This is our second um, broadcast with BBS Radio, and we are happy about the partnership. This is something that we were wanting to bring to you. And um, for those of you who don't know who I am, and well, a lot of people do know because we've done this show before. We've done it two or three times before with different platforms. What's different now with BBS Radio is <clears throat> the content, of course, is different. And BBS Radio is, is with 47 different countries. So the broadcast is global. That's a little different. That's a lot different. <laughs> Where and we also have some agreements with like iHeartRadio, and we're talking to XM Radio, Sirix Radio. So those are different platforms and, and different modes that we're going to bring you. We try to broadcast on every podcast platform there is, like our Podbean show. Um, we also have one with Blog Talk Radio that we're bringing to you. We have it with Google Play and also with iTunes and something else. A couple of more. A couple more. That, that part is not my, my cup of tea. My cup of tea is where I talk to you and actually, as the host, bring you the information. So here's what I think would benefit. If you visit learn-edu.org, you'll be a happier listener. <laughs> you will be so happy as a listener. And I say that, of course, because learn-edu.org hosts everything <clears throat> that I talk about. We have a new magazine that's out that people are already signing up for. So I will be... I will help with the content on that. And the focus of Healthy Families First magazine is to put it all in writing for you, bring you resources and ideas um, that the show necessarily can't talk about. And where we've had some listeners tune in and have written in, we'd like you to see that content and some of the ideas that we chat with. We'd like for our guest speakers to also participate with the magazine. Those are the kind of things that we want to bring to you, and we bring that to you with the best in mind. And when I say that, I mean with you in mind, because you are who we are talking to. Um, for example, 
and and I I don't I didn't necessarily post this on BBS Radio, but I know that you will find it. If if you listen to um, other platforms, you will find it, and, and maybe I'll have a link. I think I will put a link on the show page so that you have more access to some of the things that we've done in the past. Recently here, we've done a 30-day diary where we looked at only parent-child split relationships where there is no communication between parent and child. And that's hurtful and it's harmful, especially when they're not only children but in-laws and grandkids involved. And I can't stress to you enough that you can't rush the healing process on that. I can't stress to you enough that us as parents want access to our children. It doesn't matter if they're 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, or 30 years old. It's rare. It's rare, it's rare that you will find a parent that doesn't want a day-to-day contact with their children. It is so rare. It's unbelievable. I would say they play it more out in Hollywood than anywhere else that that's some scenario it's, it's just rare and and for for those that don't know i do everything by my ipad so i'm gearing up my ipad as we speak now so <clears throat> if you haven't been to spricker.com download it before we take it away because <laughs> there's only so much storage space that you get so we want to advocate for parents that, that don't have a relationship with their children and their, possibly their grandchildren and however the fallout is. And, and in order to do that, we have to talk about it. So Spreaker.com, we did a 30-day diary where we talked about different behavior techniques, how to open the doors of communication. Uh, we talked about what the show is going to bring you in the content. We got into abusive behaviors from parents. Um, And I I think parents forget that we kind of control our children's world. And as those children get older, we kind of uh, push back on giving them their level of independence. And just because a child is over the age of 21 doesn't mean we necessarily give them that independence. It's a fight. It's a tug of war. So... Where we're used to controlling their environment, as as the children get older, we get older, and we should relinquish control, and, and sometimes we don't know how. Maybe the child makes bad decisions, maybe the child doesn't, or, or just our love for them, and that's how we love. And it can get nauseating to children. I don't know why I'm on the, this particular subject, but let me stay with it for just a moment. And that's painful for children, and it's painful for parents. Especially the more people you get involved in that conversation. If you are divorced, you know exactly what I mean. Let me rephrase that now. (laughs) I do have some friends that at times feel like their spouse is their biggest enemy. And that there seems to be a tug of war with the children. So... People have different perspectives on parent-child communication split. Even though we highlight the Department of Family Protective Services when children are removed from homes, we highlight divorcing parents when children kind of go back and forth from one home to the next. And we highlight grandparents' rights when this child is just being bounce around from different environments on the weekends, every other weekend, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights from 6 to 9, and then they're skating, and and the child just feels like a ping pong. And you as a parent are on the losing end. Or maybe your access has been restricted because of distance, because of a court order, and that communication is not what you envisioned it to be. This show is for that. BBS Radio helps us look at case law when it pertains to children. Our other platforms, like um, 
Family First Magazine, and Patreon.com when you become a listener, a supported listener. Those platforms, we really dive into how a parent continues on without communication with their children or child. One episode we talked about um, different kinds of therapies. We've talked about some recovery techniques, behavior techniques, communication techniques. And when we have these conversations, we have these conversations as though that parent is going to have a conversation with that child again and how to not blow it up. <laughs> Please do not. If, if you haven't had communication in years with your child, the last thing you need to do is blow it up. Do not blow yourself up. Do not blow up the moment when you get. But even though we are resentful and resentment goes deep, we want to take a moment and know that something's deeper. And so sometimes that takes strategizing and, and not being so emotional. We want to help you strategize that where you're not emotional. So hold on for one moment. Let's take a quick short break and then we'll be right back. Become a patron level corporate sponsor. Tech taught by the Cog of Dallas and Technology private U.S. for-profit company founded in 1992 that specializes in information security, cybersecurity training, and selling certificates. Topics available for training include cyber and network defenses, penetration testing, incident response, digital forensic, and audit. The information security courses are developed through a consensus process involving administrators, security managers, and information security professionals. Visit their website today. Family's first broadcast remains a free service for listeners, authors, and guests. In large part, thanks to your generosity and financial support. Every time you donate to our membership platform and join our community, you benefit with engagement, tips, resources, and professional guides. With your generosity of $3, $28, $150, or even $500 a month, you have the comfort of set it and forget it approach. Visit our page. Visit patreon.com forward slash healthy families first and become a patron. And we're back. Thank you again for listening. Um, you're listening to Healthy Families First, and I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. We're talking about uh, relationships and parent-child split. And I'm just touching a little bit on the 30-day diary that we just did. I'm eventually going to have to take it offline because we only have so much storage space. But it will be at our eJunkie page. And every Soon we will have a a store where you can buy different episodes. And I'm going to tell you now the episodes are going to be at 99 cents each. It's not something we're going to make a lot of money off of. It's just not. But we're paying for storage space, and we're bringing you a lot of content. That's at a cost for us. So 99 cents won't break your, your bank, and you get the information that you need. So. 
I wanted to talk to you today about case law and disruptive behaviors. Here, here's why case law matters. Case law talks about how we parent our children. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with the case law in your state, in your town, in your city, and your community, this is a good time to reach out. Now, if you have adult children, you we're going to want to visit more um, and have more conversations about relationships. However, don't think that because we're just talking about adult children at times that case law doesn't matter because it's a different branch of case law that could impact your life. For example, today we're going to get a little bit more into the discussion of digital technology and how digital technology has a hand in how we parent. Some of it's good, some of it's so bad. I'll give you an example and I'll let you be the judge. <clears throat> But before I give you that example, I mentioned before, and, and I, have to be, I have to be careful not to overlap too much information on BBS radio. My BBS audience does not know who I am. So those of you that have heard me two or three years ago on Blog Talk and um, a year and a half ago on Podbean, and I may have had some listener support in some other platforms, you know me a little more than others. You do. And I know that <clears throat> people have heard me speak. If you go to our bbsradio.com slash Healthy Families First page, you'll find the books. <clears throat> I published eight books. And so those books really dive into who I am and my credentials. I have not introduced that on BBS Radio. So those of you that have heard me speak before that are familiar with me and my content, yay you! Yay! However, <laughs> I'm going to mention it all again. <clears throat> One of the things that's righteous to mention is that I have testified um, in Austin, Texas before regarding parent-child relationships, which is scary. It's 100% scary. You're dealing with people that are familiar with our legislation. They, they, they're the ones that deal with legislation. And I had an opportunity to meet our representatives and our senators, and they listened to me, and I testified in a hearing before court about my particular situation, how the court systems were involved and what happened and what evolved. And that is, and, and I guess when you're dealing and you're in the presence of people that impact state legislation and law, it can be overwhelming. However, not as overwhelming as it is when other parents are there with you. And I'm talking thousands of parents that have come down weeks before to gear up to have this conversation and be a support system to other parents. That's in my background as well. And so when you support yourself at that level, you see that you do have a voice. You see the number of people that are saying, I'm with you. I hear your conversation. Here's my story. Here's... And it makes a difference, especially to the parents that are sitting in their living room and you think you're the only one. After all, if you're looking at the Lifetime channel or Hallmark, it's all fixed and pieced back together at the end of the movie. Your situation, however, is not. And that's the debilitating part of this. And you say, how did things get so messed up? Oh my goodness, and you try to revisit. And then you have these conversations that you probably shouldn't have. And you start um, getting down on yourself and your parenting real bad. And we want to help you deal with that. BBS Radio and our podcast or our radio show deals with that in, in a way that gives you a voice of recovery when you have a parent-child split. 
<clears throat> if you are a mother in this country and you don't have access to small children that are your children, you get a real bad rap for that in society. And most of the time, the first thing people say is, well, what did you do? <clears throat> and it's, there's no good answer. If you have not gone to Spreaker and Googled Healthy Families First or Dr. Raquel Leah, you need to do that so that you understand the perspective of where we're coming from. We're bringing you conversations <clears throat> that talk about how your day-to-day -day interaction with your children can be paused and halted. And it's kind of a web. Once you get into it, it's very difficult to get out of it. Once you get into it, it's this minutia of stuff that doesn't go backwards. And children don't understand that. They really do think you're supposed to be heroic or above everything. You're just supposed to make it happen. They don't understand the limitations of life. I don't understand the limitations of life. My parents are in their 60s. I'm still holding them accountable to some stuff. <laughs> I'm like, well, you should have. And why don't you just? And I can't believe. And I am a daddy's girl. There is nothing in the world that my dad should not do. It should not happen. My dad is supposed to make stuff happen at the age of 67, even though I'm 45. He's supposed to make it happen. Now, because I'm a daddy's girl. And it's nine of us, and he's supposed to make it happen. So parents never understand the limitations of children. I mean, parent backwards. Children don't understand the limitation of parents. Hold on for one minute. I've got to take another commercial break. As a nonprofit doing the most good, the Breaking Generational Crisis series and Happy Families First is promoting healthy parent-child relationships when there is a kinship split. No communication, no awareness, no occasional meetings, no nothing. And our intent is an information hub for parents to approach healing and recovery in safe spaces. Our broadcast will be featured in 47 countries and all USA podcast panels. Stay tuned for an open call to beta testers, listeners, sign-ups and support. And again, thank you for listening. Visit CIDFUND.org. That's CIDFUND.org. Healthy Families First Magazine offers advertising package deals that include print, online banners, and radio show ads. We have experience working with custom ads to make readers stop and read the words by providing potential clients with an ad design, one that excels with media design and audience coverage. Contact. Healthy Families First magazine by visiting our show page, bbsradio.com forward slash Healthy Families First. And we're back. Thank you so much for listening in. I am Dr. Raquel Leah, and you're listening to Healthy families first. So we were before the, the short break, I was talking about the hero syndrome that we place on our parents. So we don't understand the lack of communication. We don't understand why they just can't, why they just don't. And if they would just be reasonable, we don't understand their limitations. And as a child, when you now have your own children, 
Understand that your children will put you under the same pressure to make everything happen. They are not reasonable. I am not reasonable with my parents, and nor are my kids reasonable with me. It doesn't happen that way. We, we have a light that we view our parents in, and we have an expectation. Even if you're angry with them or mad at them, we have like seven or eight different modes of which we can just judge them right now and tell tell them why their actions and decisions are horrible and they need to do better. We have that. We have that approach that we place on our parents. Well, and then our parents are, and then our children place that on us because we're both parents and we're children. <clears throat> we just pass it right down. Now, if you take that perspective and then the ideology that in-laws sometimes don't have your best interests in mind, aunts and uncles and, uh, and and if you have a bad reputation in your <clears throat> in your family especially those that struggle with mental health your children might then be getting an idea of you that you don't necessarily want them to have so we'll come back to that at some other point i want to get into a little case law so <clears throat> there's a case in louisiana and I wanted to bring this case up in Louisiana. I am doing a series, a blog talk radio series on public shaming and parenting. And we're looking at boundaries and weapons of war. I think this incident happened in 2015. And the lady's name is Nicole Lindsay. And she was in appeals court in 2017 basically so it this case got notoriety and esteem and i'm just cautious because i want to be sure i'm pulling it up on my ipad now i want to be sure that i give it the correct description that i need to and i might just post this on um the blog page, I might, I, I don't know that I have time, someone else needs to, I'm going to see if I can get a volunteer, or maybe Camille will do it. This case was a Louisiana case, the lady's name is Nicole Tinsley, and she brought a case against her husband, ex-husband, and um, his new wife. So what happened is they have they share a daughter, 13 years of age. And uh, um, supposedly the daughter went to stay with the father. And the father posted a picture of the 13-year-old child on the 13-year-old child's Facebook page with the 13-year-old child holding a sign, and the sign says, I will be a leader, not a liar, okay? After that, he also went to his page and posted it and made it his front picture and posted it on his new spouse's page crazy right i don't know so just so that people can read this for themselves i will tell you that the case number is 2016 cu0892 so if you want to go look at it it's jason lee tinsley versus nicole renee nugent tinsley so <clears throat> here it is his father decided to post a picture of his daughter on Facebook, then reposted it again as his lead picture on his page, and then reposted it on his other girlfriend's page or what have you. The question that I'm presenting to you is, was that appropriate? Was it appropriate for this guy, this father, to decide 
to shame, publicly shame his 13-year-old. Think about it. And before you <clears throat> before you say, no, it's not, I just <laughs> pause for a second. I want you to know that public shaming is not illegal. We do it all the time. There was a time in this country where we did something called flogging, where we would beat. There was a public hearing, and judicials would gather around and beat the victim. In some countries, if you steal something, you get a hand cut off. In other countries, if a woman is caught as an adulterer, you get thrown out into the streets, clothes off, and beat. And it could cause death. And I just want to tell you, we all remember the movie The Scarlet Letter. Nothing happened to the guy. The Scarlet Letter, a woman was caught in adultery, as, a, as an adulteress. She had to wear all black with a hood and um, gloves and a cloak and a big scarlet A on her chest for adulterer. So this country has a history of public shaming, and so do other countries. From my small amount of research, I think the idea of public shaming works, but it only works if you are in a community that knows who you are and what you're doing is in disagreement of the philosophy of the community. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you're in a community where being a liar is not that big a deal just because your parents make you hold up a sign to say that you're a liar really doesn't do anything, the idea is that there's a community. Let me say it differently. <clears throat> Public shaming only works if the community is familiar with the offender and their recognized membership in the community holds them to a higher standard. If, if, if the person that's being shamed or considered the offender or the wrongdoer doesn't have a connection with the community, then public, public shaming does not work. It just doesn't. And so I'm supposing that that's why the father unconsciously may have targeted Facebook. It, <clears throat> we can't say that public shaming should be illegal because in this culture, in America, we public shame everybody. If someone is in prison, you put it on the record that they were in prison. We put on the record what they were in prison for. You know, when I drive down the street on the highway, I see men in orange jump street, jumpsuits picking up trash. That's community service. So you are being taught a lesson. And one of the ways you're taught that lesson and you pay a penalty in society is by being ostracized in the community. Because the community where your membership, quote unquote, is, expects you to have a social standing or live up to a particular credence. So, this father in 2017 did this to this child. And the mother. Nicole Tinsley said, hey, wait a minute, that's not how we raise my child. That, that is not how we're divorced. You don't raise her like that. This is publicly humiliating her. I did not teach my child to be humiliated or to be reared by some thumb hand. Now, I'm giving you the half version of what I'm saying, but you can go back and read the pages itself to see that Nicole Tinsley her argument was, this is not how I raised the child. Now, I will tell you now that the courts did mention and want to know who had full custody of the child. So there was this back and forth, and according to the court documents, they have joint custody. 
no one has full custody and the other person part custody. It's equal, equal, 50-50. Now, <clears throat> before I dive into that, I want to talk about, because it, it matters, the movie called The Scarlet Letter. And I know, I think it was a book. I think The Scarlet Letter was a book. I do. <clears throat> so when we were the Americas, <laughs> and I just mean that by saying the colonial Americas, <clears throat> colonial times, women had a place in society, and everyone knew what that place was. And there's always some ridiculement of children's behavior and a woman's behavior. So the Scarlet Letter talks about public shaming as a punishment where the protagonist, who is Hester Prynne, um, has to wear a Scarlet Letter, <clears throat> A on her chest, to represent that she's an adulteress. It's crazy. It's just totally typical and crazy. <clears throat> so this this idea in this book, in this movie, of her wearing this A, <clears throat> she was brought up on criminal charges. Yes, I, I will say it again. Criminal charges for being an adulterer. She was found guilty, so she had to wear an A on her chest for a period of time. Now, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, you're, you're in total shock. However, I might add, the Me Too movement is an act of public shaming. Look at Harvey Weinstein. I don't even know if the man had court, but he's moved out of the country and gone on with his life. We have taken everything from him. Everything. You know, there's not an actor that wants... Well, Hollywood person, let me say it different. Just like the Scarlet Letter was an acclamation of public shaming, whether you like it or not, so is the Me Too movement. And let me just say, you know, we've done a lot of things with the Me Too movement um, in our nonprofit. So before you <clears throat> get on a rant, I am so for the Me Too movement. And... It has been a long haul, and I don't think the Me Too movement is done. I, th I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna do a lot. However, there's men like Harvey Weinstein, Lockhart Steele. What's that guy's name that was head of Amazon? Roy Price. Yep, I remember Roy. There's been Chris Savino. Um, don't please don't forget that that guy Bill Cosby. Okay, um, John Besh. I'm just trying to think. Kevin Spacey, I know, I know he was he was someone that I really looked up to. Andy Dick. Um, let's see, Jeff Hoover. Here it is. I found some of them. Okay. Ed Westick, Don Shooter, Dwayne Duran Marshall, Benjamin Gincino, Don Shoshaland, Louis C.K., uh, Tony Cornish, Tony Mendoza, Andrew Kinsenberg, Eddie Berganza, Gary Gooder. Okay. So there's a total of 209 men that have actively been considered men of power that have just been brought down. And I was, I was saddened by Corey Coleman, who I am like an advocate of FEMA. So to see him have gone down just really kind of, kind of messed me up a little bit. And I, I did think that Leslie Moonves was a problem, but all right, so. The Me Too movement did not wait to litigate these men in court. However, in the Scarlet Letter, she actually went to court. The Me Too movement took these powerful men down. So according to statistics, there were 201 of these men. And half of them, and this is something, a statistic that you may not know, nearly half of their replacements are women. Let's take a short break and we will continue the conversation on public shaming and parenting. One of the biggest benefits of magazine and online advertisements 
is that it's easy for them to appear before a target audience. While a newspaper reaches a broad spectrum of people, a magazine is designed for people who have shared interests or values. At Healthy Families First, whether your awareness campaign markets education, family, kids, parents, food choice, pediatrics, and or entertainment, we're here to help. Visit healthyfamiliesfirst.learn-edu.org. hear more Healthy Family First programming, go to bbsradio.com forward slash Healthy Families First. And we're back. Okay, so I said we were going to continue the conversation on public shaming and parenting, and that's not the point. The point is case law, and is it legal to publicly shame your children? And I'm trying to build a case to show you that it is not illegal to publicly shame. From the colonial times in America, we have been publicly shaming people. And, and that's, it, it can only do so much if the person has a stake in society. Before the colonial period, when there were times of slavery and it was more prominent, not through racism, but just hard labor slavery, if a slave ran away, what happened? There was an open beating. And if they died, they died. That's a form of public shaming as well. There's this theory, and I think most American societies, which were small and kind of close-knit, um, where the people knew each other very well, we talked about how that's where public shaming works. Public shaming doesn't really work if you're humiliating a person and they're not a part of the community. So when you look at the Me Too movement and these huge guys <clears throat> with this notoriety and fame, the media pushed the Me Too movement, their position, their status, their notoriety, the ethics code in which they do their job. The, the CBS chairperson has an ethical code in which he does his job. Harvey Weinstein had an ethical code by which he did his job. So although it was massively blasted out, it also was brought down to a small community shaming, and they lost their titles and their position. Now, like I told you before the commercial break, over half of these replacements, these job replacements, 201, were by women. Tell me that's not political. So here are the points. If there's a combination of a close-knit community, <clears throat> a lack of mobility so the person can't run away from the charges, uh, cost-effectiveness of publicly shaming them feeling like they're going to lose something, and a prevailing discipline of the time that fostered the environment, Hollywood, CBS, you know, um, the big movies, the government's job, all of these are where public shaming sanctions have not fallen out of favor. Public shaming works. So we get back into the case with Nicole Tinsley, who says, listen here, pub, I divorced you, and now you're going to publicly shame our 13-year-old daughter? I'm taking you to court. So... You're not going to raise a child to live in fear or with this sort of reputation, which she mentions in the court documents. So, I have to tell you how it fell out. She lost the case. Because we need to talk about it. We need to talk about why she lost the case. She lost the case. And uh, <clears throat> I'm pulling up the... the, the uh, if I can find it on my PDF, because I, I don't want to speak out of term or transition. I really want to 
read <clears throat> what the judge said. So I'll tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break, and I'm going to find out what the judge said because I, I, I want to get this right. It's so important that we as parents understand what we can and can't do to children in the privacy of our home. And when I say what we can't do, I really mean what we can do to the children of our home, and the legal system will back us up. Considering becoming a supporter of Healthy Families First for only $3 a month? Visit our page at patreon.com forward slash Healthy Families First and look for the membership levels on the right side of the page. You can support the fight for parental engagement and parenting, a mission and cause of Healthy Families First by purchasing an ebook or purchase the print book. Click on the affiliate link to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Bookpatch at our blog at texashealthyfamilies.blogspot.com. Thanks again for your generous support. The Cognitive Institute of Dallas and Technology is a nonprofit active in education, philanthropy, and other areas to affect change according to objectives in cybersecurity. While they support a format for vendors to offer courses, more often hosted events require organizational sponsorship and planning. Included is a suite of interactive learning tools for stimulating scenarios such as cyber attacks. They offer software development, security courses for professionals and CE units. Visit their website today. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Healthy Families First, and I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. And this particular episode is sponsored by Charles Atta and Charles Bowley. Cybersecurity Consultants and Services at O-N-I-A-P-P-L-E.com, where cybersecurity response teams are at your service with ethical hacking, training, awareness programs and systems. So the website, because I've been saying it wrong this whole time, is <laughs> C-E-C-B dot on iapple.com. That is C is in Charles, E is in every, C is in Charles, B is in bad, dot O-N-I-A-P-P-L-E dot com. I'll get back into this. <laughs> We're talking about public shaming. So when we first started the show, and in every episode of the show, I'm going to try and reach out um, emotionally and, and, and kind of be an emotional branch for some parents. It's very hurtful and painful to go through a child separation split. Now, there is a efficacy that we as parents are going to have to face on how we treat our children. Like it or not, believe it or not, it's coming back because children don't forget. And not only do they not forget, they have their own way of viewing things. The only person that knows the truth is God. And I don't care if you say there's a purple, there's a purple, a purple pickle in the jar. You can describe it as purple and you're looking at it in vinegar water and you're watching it at the bottom. And your child will come along and say, well, actually, it's not that purple. It's light purple. And, Mommy, if you look over here where the Kool-Aid is down at the bottom, it's kind of pinkish red. It, it's perspective. And our children have a perspective of things, and they're going to have that perspective, and they're going to have time to formulate that perspective over years. And when they ask you about that situation, it won't look anything like you remembered it. 
And then the battle starts. <clears throat> and and you can see as an adult wow, how it ignites. And it's just 100% going to ignite. So when you get into shaming your child, there is a backlash on when your child grows up. They're going to ask you about it. And they're going to have their own will looking at it. They would have had time to salt it, to feed it, to come up with what they think should have been accurate or not, the situation and the events will ch will change and formulate and they will promise you up and down that their view is the right view and you are wrong. I do it to my mom and dad and then my children do it to me. <laughs> it's part of parenting. It's part of being a child and a parent at the same time. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to um, communicate with your child when there's a communication split and they themselves feel one way about events and you feel another way about events? Now, that's just the two of you. And then you're going to have to include nieces, nephews, uncles, cousins, brothers, side items, pieces, best friends, unbest friends, and boyfriends on their side and on your side. What I'm trying to get you to see as parents is that there is a reason for a communication split and sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes it, the older the children are, the more you're gonna have to give it time. And time does not heal all wounds. I don't know who said that. Sometimes it turns scabby and pussy underneath and you've got to dig out that sickness and have those conversations. But you've got to know when to have those conversations. And when those conversations come about, it's just going to be at the bare second of the moment. A child may decide to call you out of the blue, and you have maybe 35 seconds to say something impactful. So we'll get more into that. I think um, my conversation on that is probably going to be on one of our platforms, other platforms, and I'll let you know where it is. And if we decide to do an hour-long broadcast on it, I'll put a link up on our show page, or I'll talk to our producers, and then we'll do a show on it. So let me get into back to this case. We have learned that in America, before the colonial times, probably in the UK when we were part of Great Britain, and before we got on the 13th Mayflower and made it over. Well, I didn't come on the Mayflower. We know that. <laughs> the point is, when we got here, public shaming was already here. It, it, it was just here. And so the new way to publicly shame your child or publicly shame people is through media. But do we use that in parenting? What happens if we use public shaming long-term with our children in the media? What happens if we use social media outlets to publicly shame our children? And what if we put our stuff out there? So, Louisiana Code of Civil Procedure, Article 3601 proves that an injunction shall be issued in cases where irreparable injury, loss, or damage may otherwise result in the applicant's da 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 da, -da got to go read it for yourself. The bottom line is her case was denied because there was no standard that was set that said that her ex-husband, whose name was Jason Tinsley, was inappropriate in how he chose to parent his child. Now, at the trial, Jason did say that um, he said he wasn't going to say that he didn't use Instagram to punish a child. And according to him, he had a friend over to the house and the child had asked if they could ride their bikes in the park. So he kind of went on and explained the situation. And, and so Mr. Tinsley did testify that the child and her friend went to the park and they spent most of the day there. Uh, when the child and the friend got back, he asked them if uh, they met up with anyone at the park. They responded, no. Over the last couple of days, of course, we find out that that's a lie, and it's the regular lies that children tell, if you ask me, but I'm not judging the case. <laughs> I'm not judging the case. I'm just reporting it. Okay. So, this gets crazy, where you have to understand that 
family dynamics and family cultures take a place in this. And under this particular circumstances, they, they found that Jason Tin, Mr. Tinsley's use of social media um, was improper and inappropriate. All right. However, they said that although he was intentionally embarrassing the child with the picture and that um, the parent was using social media to humiliate a minor child. So the court did find that this was a modern day and equivalent of the scarlet letter and thereby notifying the public of the child's wrongdoing. However, the fact that Nicole Tinsley wanted an injunction was seen to the court as though Nicole Tinsley was trying to control Jason Tinsley parenting technique. And in that respect, her case was denied. So I, I, you see how that gets? You see how ugly that gets? It, it just, on both sides, it just got ugly. I, all three sides, from the child to Nicole's to Jason's. If you look at it from all three views, now Jason Tinsley's gone through this public nightmare. Um, he didn't. He did not expect to be exposed for his parenting the way he was exposed. So, in essence, you can say that he had his own opportunity to be humiliated with social media. This is in these are court documents. Man, let me tell you something. In a couple of years, Facebook is going to delete that picture because it needs the storage space. Okay? I don't know that I think it's appropriate for a 13-year-old to even have a Facebook page. Let's not even get into that. So the fact that Nicole, the, the mother, brought an injunction against the dad, I have to say, wait a minute. What's a 13-year-old doing with a Facebook page anyway? That's me. That's me. And I don't know that I would trust at this day and age Jason to let my child go down the street to the park riding a bike on their own. What was Jason doing that he couldn't go? What was you doing? Well, where was you at? Well, why you didn't call somebody? You know, so, <laughs> so on both sides, I have issues. And then the 13-year-old. I have issues with the 13-year-old and how long they were gone and what they were doing and the fact that, yes, she did tell a lie when she came back. So now who were they meeting? Why did they lie? And the court documents did get into that, but this is a 50-minute show. What I'm saying to you is that I objectively can see, can, can, I can judge each side and be critical or lenient just from the documents that I read. Now, we only have Two more minutes in the show. Really, one. So this is what I want to say to you, parents. Understand my heart. And I hope you got it in 50 minutes. If not, I'll do better, okay? That when I tell you that public shaming comes back to haunt both parents and the child, it does. I can't tell you if it's right or wrong. I can present to you the information. And then when it gets into court proceedings, it gets really, really funny. The question is, how do you impact your generations, and how do you parent to where the child understands, or does the child have an implementation or a belief that you are being cruel? And so when your children in their future years hold you accountable, accountable to something that you did 10 or 12 years ago, they're going to want to have a conversation. And so be careful how we choose to parent. I am Dr. Raquel Lea. Thank you for listening in. You're listening to Healthy Families First. So this is where our journey must end. And saying good evening and goodbye to you today does not mean that you don't get another opportunity to impact your generation, legislation, an effective change in your kinship and relationship with your child or your children. And as always, 
The vision of our broadcast is incomplex. That you consider, catch, check out, and cradle simple approaches to parenting and communication. And we are here to help support. And in kind, your generosity helps parents' liberties and freedoms from constraint to guide and parent their children and grandchildren in safe and healthy places. Won't you become a patron today? Visit our supporters page at patreon.com slash healthyfamiliesfirst. 